Amen. Amen. Say to the person next to you, I'm so happy to be in church this morning. Amen. It's the best place you can ever be. Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, we had a powerful um, prayer meeting uh, last night between 11 and 12. That's such a powerful time. It's such an important time because it's the time of transition. It's a time wrapping the 2022 and opening 2023. So there were 12, 13 of us standing in the gap for those who cannot make it. So I want you to know that you're covered. We have prayed for you. And we've prayed for 2022 and then going on to 2023. So this morning, I want to give you a very powerful message. It's the power of planning. It's the power of planning. Can I ask you to go to Revelation chapter 22, verse 13? Revelation 22, verse 13 in the NIV version. Okay, so listen. I am the Alpha. This is God. He's the great I am. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Now, the reason why midnight service is so important, because midnight is the time when the end meets the beginning. You have two at the same time, the end and the beginning at the same time. And that's why New Year's Day and New Year's Eve, they are significant and powerful times. They are significant and powerful times. Timing is important. You are where you are now because of God's timing. Don't just look at your age and think that you've lived so many years. You are where you are now because of the time that God has given to you. You are a steward of his time. You did not decide when you were born. Neither can you decide when you're going. The fear of God is the beginning of all wisdom. And for what you can decide, for what you can decide, what are you doing with it? A lot of people say COVID, COVID, you know, COVID stopped us from going to church. But what about when you can come to church? What are you doing with it? What you can do, what you're doing with it. So New Year's time and New Year's Eve time, they are the turnaround time. They are the breakthrough times. There is going to be a paradigm shift. Amen. Those are pace setters. Say to the person next to you, timing matters. Amen. I woke up this morning with the Lord telling me this, so I have to add it and tell you. There is a corporate time and there is a private time. There is a corporate power and there is a private power. There is a personal time and there is a corporate time. And a lot of us, we have missed the corporate anointing. We've missed the corporate blessings. We've missed the corporate time because we did not manage our private time right. It's very important for you to belong to and to serve in a local corporate body called the church. You will miss out a lot on what God has for you because you are too private. You are too withdrawn. 
Just being a private person will not work in the kingdom of Jesus Christ because it is a kingdom, because it is a collective body. Actively and passionately serve the body will accelerate your growth in success like nothing else. That's why even Jesus, the second person of the Trinity, came, came to start the church. That's how important it is. There is a corporate dimension that you must not ignore. That's what the Lord told me, waking me up this morning. Now let's go to Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11 to 14. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11 to 14. You notice that the business world succeeds. A lot of businesses succeed because they are a serving industry. Everything that you can find in the market out there, they make a success. They make a profit because they are serving you. It's just they're serving you. Yes, some of them have a good heart, but some of them are just serving for profit. But God wants you to be his serving, serving people. God wants you to be his serving people. And when you serve the body, when you serve the body of Christ, the blessings of God will come on you. Look at Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. For I know, this is God speaking, I know the plans I have for you. So God has a plan. God has a personal plan for each and every one of us. God has a corporate plan for his church. God has a plan for the world. God has a personal plan for you. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. And that's why it's so important for you to hold on to the confession of the goodness of the Lord. Don't think that you can suffer for God. No, you can't suffer for him. Jesus had taken all the sufferings. Amen. Yes, Lord. Glory be to God. Amen. But you do have to suffer the contradictions of sinners against himself. That's where the suffering is. But not in sickness and disease and definitely not in poverty. So it's very important that we rightly divide the word of truth. Amen. God says, I know the plans I have for you. And he declares it. He doesn't whisper it. Declares the Lord. He's your Lord. He's your boss. He's your master. He watches over you to bless you, to prosper you. And not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Amen. This is so, so powerful. And I want you to hide like three very important words. One, the word know. For I know, God knows, but do you know? I know. And then I want you to see this word, which is repeated three times. Can you tell me which word is repeated three times? Plans. The plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Three times. So you need to know the content of God's plans. You need to know the activities involved in God's plans. And you need to know the benefits of God's plans. Familiarity.
authority is of the devil. Too many Christians think, I've been a Christian for 20 years, 30 years. I know a lot. No, you don't. I don't. There is still a lot to discover in the Bible. Can we say amen? And listening to a sermon, it's good because you have somebody who has discovered it for you. And it's telling you. That's why God has called the teachers. Being a teacher is a full-time ministry. Is what God has called you to do. To teach in action. To teach verbally and in action. Amen. Now let's go to another scripture, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 to 17 in the Amplified Bible. Now as you are listening, you are also receiving the power. Don't be just passively listening. You are receiving the power to do the word. Come on, say with me, I am receiving the power to fulfill the word. Amen. Now, let's go to Ephesians chapter 5. This is the Amplified Bible. This is so, so important. Look carefully then how you walk. How many times we have just walked, walked away without even looking. But the word of God says, look carefully how you walk. Live purposefully and worthily and accurately. Purposefully, worthily, and accurately. That's how I read my Bible. I highlight those important words that the Holy Spirit is highlighting for me. And then I highlight those words to tell me not to be and make sure that I don't, that I don't do that. I'm not like that. Not as the unwise and witless, but as the wise, the sensible, the intelligent. How many of you know that there is a spiritual intelligence that we must attain to? And then verse 16, making the very most of the time, buying up each opportunity because the days are evil. Verse 17, verse 17, therefore do not be vague and thoughtless and foolish, but understanding and firmly grasping what the will of the Lord is. Don't wait till something bad happens to you and then you ask God for healing. Why don't you believe him for health? Don't wait till something bad happens and then you believe God for prosperity. Why don't you believe him for ongoing prosperity? Don't wait till something breaks your heart. Why don't you believe God for preservation and obey him and be as the person that he has called you and made you to be? Don't try to sin and think that God understands and he will excuse you. Sinning is harming yourself. Sinning is taking poison. And you will one day reap the consequences of continually taking the poison. Thinking bad thoughts, always judging and criticizing people. Thinking that you know better. That's constantly hurting, damaging your brain. Not exercising your mind for God. Not serving and encouraging God's people, God's church. Not participating in intercessions, just living a selfish life. That's hurting your anointing. 
That's hurting your anointing. The anointing of God will increase upon your life the minute you decide not to be selfish and self-centered and withdrawn and quiet and passive, but to step out and serve and serve and serve the greater purpose of God. Can we say amen? An idle life, a careless living, a life that has no purpose, nor direction, can never succeed. It's very vulnerable to attacks and failures. I love my children. I love my grandchild. But my life is not just about my children and my grandchild. I love my husband, but my life is not just about my husband. There's a greater purpose. There's a greater purpose. And you stop loving yourself. Stop thinking that you're constantly the victim. Stop thinking that you're constantly the victim. We need to get rid of that because that's the devil attacking us. Can we say amen? Come on, say to yourself, I'm not a victim. I'm a victor. Amen. Very important. Amen. Now, what's the name of the first book of the Bible? Only a few know. What's the name of the first book of the Bible? Genesis. Genesis, what does that mean? The beginning. Are we in the beginning of the new year? Is this the first day of 2023? So the beginning matters. The beginning matters. Amen. Hallelujah. So Genesis is the book of beginnings. And then if you go to Genesis chapter 1, you have to read it to yourself. You'll notice that the first... The beginning, the first day, the second day, the third day, the fourth day. What's God telling us? There's morning, there's evening. What's God telling us? He's telling us that his world is very structured. He's giving us the structure. He's telling us that he's a very structured God. He's a very purposeful God. He's the God with directions. And that's why he wants to build a structure in our life. He wants to give you the purpose of your life. He wants to direct you in the way that you should go. And let me ask you, how long did it take God to do the whole universe? How long did it take him to finish the whole universe? Six days. Wasn't that very efficient? If God is that efficient, hasn't he called us to be efficient? Come on, lift up your hands and believe God for efficiency. It won't take forever. It won't take forever. And then believe God that you are not recycling your junk. Come on, say with me, no more junk in my life. You're not in the recycling business. Amen. No more going around in circles. Don't be like a dog chasing his own tail. Come on, lift up your hands with me and say the new has come. A new beginning. A good new beginning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So Genesis is a pace setter, a structure diviner, and a motion activator. I repeat, a pace setter. What is a pace setter? You decide how fast you run. You know, for some people, they're always taking the time. But God wants you to be efficient. 
So the book of Genesis is a pace setter. Your prayers can set your pace for the year 2023. Amen? Genesis is a structure diviner. You must have God's structure in your life. He will build his house. Amen. Otherwise, you labor in vain. Amen. Hallelujah. And he's a motion activator. It is important that every one of us be activated. Come on, say with me. Lord, activate me. Activate your blessings in my life. Activate your corrections and your teachings in my life. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Time started in Genesis chapter 1. Time started in Genesis chapter 1. When did God start? He started on the first day. When did people start? We started on the sixth day. It's so funny because I was with my children and then we were going through some photos and Trisha asked me, Mom, where was I? Where was I? And I said, you weren't born then. It's like a father. He has his pre-existence before his son. It's like a mother. You have your pre-existence before your children. God pre-existed before we came into being. That's why the fear of God is the beginning of all wisdom. You are not the be all and end all. No, you are not. And that will humble us. Amen. We need to understand that God created a universal time. God had created a universal time and it will run till eternity comes. Okay. And then as people, we come into and we go out of this universal timeline. And every one of us live out our personal time. I'm sure you love your children. I'm sure you love your grandchildren. But you know, and you know, there will be a time that you will depart and they will continue. There's a time to be born and there's a time to leave this planet Earth. We need to be wise and not to live carelessly, foolishly. What have you made out of your life? At the end of your life, what do you remember? Do you remember all the quarrels and all the strifes? Do you remember all your sicknesses and diseases? Do you remember all the money that you've made in your life? No, you won't. Because all the money that you've made, you will leave behind. But you will take your soul with you to heaven. So it's very important that we don't just spend time making money. It's important that we spend time building our soul. Your soul lasts for eternity, but your physical body and all your possessions, they all perish. Time is linear. That means it's a line. It is sequential. Time does not go in circles. Time is a line. It is linear and it is sequential. 
How many of you know the English word consequence? Consequence. And do you know that the word sequence is in the word consequence? So how you live your time will decide your results. How you live your time will give you either a positive or a negative outcome. Say to the person next to you, how you live matters. You know, don't get into the religious mind that says, I always need to please God, you know, I always offend God. God can never be offended. But the key is that you're hurting yourself. And the devil wants to talk you into hurting yourself all the time. And he would talk and he would talk and he would talk. And you keep hurting yourself. You keep hurting your marriage. You keep hurting your friendship. You keep hurting your business. You keep hurting your spirit. You keep hurting your soul. And the devil tries to take you and hurt you all the way to hell. Come on, say with me. I stop all the hurts. One more time. Stop all the hurts. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Time is perishable like vegetables and fruit. Time is perishable. It comes and goes. Time can be consumed. I said 20 minutes. 20 minutes is gone. Time is used and it's gone You are now 20, maybe, and then you will be 30, and then you'll be 40, and then you'll be 50. You can never ask time or back time to stay. I know a lot of uh, children love the movie Frozen, but you can't freeze time. It's called aging. Whether you are 10, whether you're 20, you are aging. Every minute. You always exist in the present. No matter how bad or how glorious your past had been. You may love and enjoy looking at the photos, but you could never go back to those moments. What's most important to you, no matter how old or how young you are, is who you are and where you are now. You could be very, very wise and very, very clever in the past, but how are you doing now? You could be very, very wealthy in the past, but how are you doing now? Now is the most important moment to each and every individual. Money is subject to your usage, but time, time, You are subject to time. Time is more expensive than money because money you can accumulate. Its value can be preserved to an extent, but time cannot be kept. Neither can it be stored, neither can you learn it. You can only waste it, but you can't earn it. Time and wealth, they are both, they are the most chased after ingredients by men. 
time and wealth they are most they are the most important ingredients in our life the question that we need to ask ourselves is am i using money or is money using me am i using money or is money using me do i make every decision based on money Is money controlling my values, controlling my attitudes, controlling the way that I live, my priorities? The next question is, am I using time or is time consuming me? Am I using time or is time consuming me? Right perspective is the key. to right living come on say to yourself right perspective right perspective is the key to right living time is no respecter of persons we all have how many hours a day how many hours do we have a day 24 two times 12 two times 12 How many disciples did Jesus have when he first started? 12. Time is no respecter of persons. We all have 24 hours and we are the stewards of our time personally. It matters how we use them. Time is in your hand. And with your time, you can exchange for the treasures of God. Time is your means of exchange. That's how important time is. What do I get out of 1 hour? Out of 30 minutes. What do I get out of my lifespan? What do I get out of my time? Does time give me knowledge? Does my time give me a positive outcome? Does time add value to my life and to those around me? Genesis chapter 1 gives us a big picture of how God marked and used time specifically, purposefully and productively. Genesis 1 showed us how God used his time. He didn't have to, but he did it for us. how he marked time how he used time specifically purposefully and productively time is god's most valuable provision to mankind your life is your god given time believing in divine healing divine health prosperity wisdom and guidance fits very well into the overall picture of God's heart and God's will for mankind. God wants us to live well, God wants us to do well. God does not want us to waste our time and waste our lives. Can we say amen? God has not created you for sorrows and sickness and poverty and strife and punishments. and destructions that's not the reason he had created us our time on earth is our lifespan 
It's not how long or how short we live on the earth. God said, with long life, I will satisfy you. So it's a satisfying life. So it cannot be a sick life. It cannot be a poor life. It cannot be a depressed life. It matters how we live. Come on, say to yourself, it matters how I live. Ask yourself, are you squandering time and life away? Are you like Samson on a treadmill? Ask yourself, are you a slave on a treadmill? Are you a slave to the God of money? The pleasures of this world? The demands and the pain of life? Are you always crying? Are you always sad? Are you always sorrowful? Are you always living in sickness or living for somebody else's sickness? Is your life going around in circles, in a destructive circle, in a circle that is dark and gloomy? Are you always living in an atmosphere that is gloom and dark? Let me ask you, who is in darkness? Who is in darkness? Who is the king of darkness? Satan. Satan. Every time when God shows up, what do you have? Light. Light. So gloom and doom is of the devil. Brightness and glory is of God. Amen. Amen. A slave has no freedom. He's chained to the necessities of life. He's always saying, I need to do this. 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 And he's needy, 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 needy all the time until he dies. You have so many needs. You have so many needs. You are such a victim. And God is waking you up. Come on. Come on. Don't live for the needs. Don't live for the needs. He has delivered you from the needs. We need to live for the want to. We need to live for the blessings of God. We need to live for the love of God. Amen. Glory be to God. Amen. We are not needy. We are sufficient in his sufficiency. Your confession matters. If you're always saying, I'm very needy, I'm very needy, I'm very stuck, I need to do this, I need to do that. I'll never ring you up to ask you to do anything. God is the same. I notice as soon as I tell God, I'm very busy, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, I don't hear from him. So you need to know and you need to decide. Are you going to be stuck in the rut? Are you going to be stuck in the rut? Or you want to be free? Or you want to be free? Is your mind always full of junk? Always what you need to do? Always what to do as if the world depends on you? Come on, wake up. The world does not depend on us. The world depends on God. <laughs> Amen. And I remember the Lord said to me once, he said, Dora, don't be so stuck with money. If you take money out of the equation, all your problems will be answered very easily. That is for you to think about. I got that. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Let's look at Luke chapter 4, verse 18. Come on, say to yourself, I am sufficient. 
in God's sufficiency. But then what do you have to do? What do I have to do? What do I have to do, Pastor Dora? But there's this need. What do I do? Ask. Ask. It's very sad to say that the church in general don't ask God until they have to. I've learned to be smart. I don't wait till I have to ask God and then ask him. I ask before I find out what I need to. And that's why let your prayers go before you. Let your prayers go before you. You're called to be a prophetic people. Declare your future. Declare your future. Declare your future. Declare God's provision in your life. Can we say amen? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. What did Jesus do? To preach deliverance to the captives. Don't stay a captive to your needs. Deliverance to the captives. It's important that we have a vision, a purpose, with a time sheet. Now, I have learned to record my prayers because they are so important. I notice a lot of times I prayers I receive from God, words and sayings and confessions, and then I forget them. And then the Lord said to me, you must live out what you pray. I said, oh, really? I thought I've already had. <laughs> and then I started to record my prayers. And, you know, you know, with the, it's so with technology, you know, you can record your voice and then with the words written for you. So that's what I do. So I record my prayers and I see my prayers written out in words. And I start to live out and confess and believe what I have prayed. A doer. A doer. A lot of good Christians with a heart that loves God and serves God. But I notice a lot of times they walk away and living a life as if God does not exist. What is missing? Application. Application is the key to power. If you want power from God, if you want power with God, application. Come on, stay with me. Application. Application matters. I've had the Lord said to me, it's very easy for you to preach a sermon. Everybody is sitting down and listening to a sermon. It's very easy for everyone to raise his or her hands and worshiping God. But then when we work together, that's when we have problems. application. The doing is very important. The doing is very important. Come and say to the person next to you, the doing is very important. Amen. So it's important that we have a vision, we have a purpose, and I'm introducing to you today a time sheet. A time sheet. That's what planning is all about. It's important for us to have a time sheet, to have a plan. Because time in itself is invisible. You cannot see time. It's invisible. It's not substantial. It's not material. But as soon as you have a time sheet, you see it. Time is immaterial. But as soon as you have a time sheet, you can use it, you can see it, and you can see what you have in exchange for the time that you have. So in exchange of one hour, what do I get? You can see 
what you have got in exchange for one hour if you keep a time record. At the end of your life, God will flash back to you your whole life. That means God will flash back to you what you have used with your time. Genesis 1 is God's record of what he had made from his time. God is eternal and yet he keeps count of his time and our time. First day, second day, all the way to the seventh day. His rest is included in his plan. Come on, say to yourself, I'm not a workaholic. Neither am I lazy. Amen. Come on, say to yourself, I'm not driven. I am led. Come on, say with me, I'm not driven by need. I'm led by my provider. Amen. Amen. Come on, say with me, I'm full of faith. Not anxiety. Not fears. Amen. If you believe in what you say and do not doubt what you say, you will have whatsoever you say. Because whose saying is greater, yours or God's? Of course, God's. But if you keep saying your problem, you keep talking about your problem. Oh, I don't believe in all that confession stuff. I still have my problems. I still have my needs. Because you hold on to them. You keep talking about them. You keep thinking about them. You keep trying to solve them. We need to re-surrender. We need to re-surrender. God can solve our problems much better than we can. God can dissolve your problems. Your husband or your wife can be cranky, you know, but you don't see it. And you don't hear it. People can be judging you, criticizing you, but you don't hear it. Neither do you feel it. What a, that's a good way to live. Can we say amen? That's the best way to live. You're driving your car and somebody else may be honing, honing you. And you usually you would get so mad, you know, why are you honing me, you know? But then... God is upon you. Who cares? <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So if you look at Genesis chapter 6, verse 3. Genesis chapter 6, verse 3. I'm taking my time. And the Lord said, my spirit. Genesis chapter 6, verse 3, King James. And the Lord said, my spirit shall not always strive with men. My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh. Yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty years. God said, I'm not wasting my time in unproductive activities. I'm not reasoning with the carnal men. I'm not struggling trying to change them. I'll mark the time. I'll set a cap. 120 years, and that's it. That's God's way of doing things. He said, I'm not engaging myself in unproductive activities. 
I've set my time and that's it. So do not confuse being led by the Holy Spirit with being unsure, unclear, idle, vague, not knowing what to do. That's not how the Holy Spirit leads. Amen. There are many sincere, God-serving, God-loving, praying, Bible-reading Christians, but they are not practicing what they've been taught and what they have prayed. Application is the key. And the worst is because they have been in church for so many years, so they think they know it all. They think they know it better. And they become critical, judgmental, presumptuous, subjective. May the Lord forgive us. Can we say amen? The sign of the Holy Spirit is that the longer you know him, the more humble you become. The longer you know him, the more determined you become to serve him. The longer you know him, the more we see the transformation in you. The longer you serve him, the more the love for people control you. Amen. Amen. We must live out what we hear from God. Amen. On a continual basis. Power is not cheap. How many of us want power? Health is power. Healing is power. Prosperity is power. Wisdom is power. Love is power. How many of you have gone through a time when you very much want to love the unlovely? And you can't. You have to ask God for power to love. Can we say amen? I want you to know that Christianity is not waving the magic wand. Jesus is not a magician. He's the word. He's the way. So you have to do it his way to get his results. Can we say amen? Clarity, accuracy, and certainty are the key ingredients to being led by God. Amen. I need to check myself. Am I being led by God or being led by my flesh or being led by the Holy, uh, being uh, driven by the devil? If I have no clarity, I'm not sure. I'm still wavering. I have no accuracy. I'm still uncertain. I can't give you an answer yet. I'm not certain. I'm not sure if that's so. Then don't answer. And if you just go ahead, then you're not being led by the Holy Spirit. You're being led either by your flesh or being driven by the devil. Provision, guidance, healing, miracles, prosperity, all come through a believer being clear and accurate and sure about the will of God. The devil's leading is unsure, idle, half-hearted, fear-based, and unproductive. The Holy Spirit's leading is discerning, committed, confident, resilient, effective, sacrificial, and fruitful. Listen to me. God will always give you the grace to do what he has called you 
to do. And sometimes it may take a long time for you to see the results. Sometimes you need to believe and hang in there and hang in there until the results come. The world is always looking for short-term gain. The world is always looking for instant results, instant noodles. But God is not in the business of cooking you instant noodles. I've been praying for my marriage. I haven't seen changes. Have you changed? And God is not going to pin you against the wall to change you. You only change when you want to. We all know that even God can change you, right? If we allow God to change us, it shouldn't have taken that long. How many of us have discovered that? Come on, lift up your hands and say, God, change me. I want good results. Quality results. Don't be a cheap book. Just don't want everything cheap. Everything has to be cheap. Why don't you change your mind and want everything good? Good quality. Good quality. God is not a cheap book. He's expensive. That means whatever he asks us to do will cost us. Your flesh will start to squirm. You don't want it. God, please, not this time. That's how I know God is calling me. Amen. Oh, God, I need to sleep, please. I need to sleep. And I will give him all the good reasons that I need to sleep. But he'll just keep quiet. That's how I know. Yes. I need to surrender. Your way is better than my way. I want your way. I want your way. I want your way. Amen. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 15 we read just now. Redeeming your time. We need to redeem our time. So when you have a plan, when you have a timesheet, it allows you to have a broad, a big, an overall above perspective. You can develop a balanced life, not a lopsided and a twisted life. Let me give you some good points about planning. Planning makes our mind work. If you want to be clever, you need to make your mind work. When I first started learning computer from my husband, I remember when he first said to me, you need to get into email. I said, I don't need email. I have God. I was so wrong. Okay, and then the Lord corrected me, you know, and I got into it and got into it and got into the computer, got into all the things. Amen. We need to work our brain. If you don't want to be stupid, come on, you need to work your brain. Don't use your age as an excuse. You can excuse yourself when you're 50. You can excuse yourself when you're 60. Excuse yourself when you're 70. But when you don't excuse yourself, you can start working your brain even when you're 70. Come on, say to yourself, no more excuses. I need to work my brain. Amen. Planning makes our mind work, our brain work, our imagination to soar. It enhances our ability to prioritize, to foresee, and to organize our life. 
I am the number one person that will confess to you that I found planning out of reach. It was so hard for me to learn to plan when the Lord told me to. You know, for those of you that had the, done the journal with me, remember the, the ladies' ministry, we make the planner? That was when God told me to do that. So I had my time 24 hours a day into time slots. And the Lord said to me, fill those time slots. And then you have a record of what you've done. And then you can see what you've done. You can see whether you've organized your life. You can see whether you've wasted your life. Planning gives us clarity, management power over time. A day is divided into time slots for specific usage. Weeks, months, years, decades, centuries, millenniums become meaningful and also prophetically predictable. Christianity is not about myths. It's not always God, only you know, I don't know. No, God wants you to know. That's why it's given you Jesus. That's why it's given you the Bible. That's why it's given you the Holy Ghost. Too many Christians are too religious. All they're good at is just praying and singing. And the life, total failure. Come on, lift up your hands with me. I'm not like that anymore. I succeed. Successful living. My marriage succeeds. My finances succeed. My body succeeds. Everything that I do prospers. Amen. Glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. God put this message in me that Christianity is about practical living. Jesus said, by their fruit, you will know them. How you live matters. How you live matters. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. When something happened to your marriage, you need to go to God. You need to hold it and say, the devil is not taking it away from me. When something happens to your body, you need to hold it. Your health, the devil is not taking my health from me. We need to wake up to the fact that we have an enemy who wants to destroy us on every front. He wants to destroy your health. He wants to destroy your brain. He wants to destroy your relationships. He wants to destroy your hope. He wants to destroy your joy. But praise the Lord, he's under our feet. It's time to tread on him. You need to be very clear. You need to be very sure that God does not want you sick. You need to be very sure that God does not want you poor. You need to be very sure that you cannot be lazy and pray for God to bless you. You need to be very sure you cannot compromise and then pray for God to protect you. There are conditions to the blessings of God. Even salvation is conditional. It conditions upon your calling upon the name of the Lord. One more time. Who is the most important person in your life? Are you sure? Not your wife? No. It's not your wife. Not your husband? No. At the end of your life, when you go to heaven and you face God, you cannot repeat what Adam said, the woman you sent me. 
What did you do with your thoughts? What did you do with your emotions? What did you do with your will? What did you do with your finances? What did you do with your values? What did you do with the word that I have given to you? That you've listened to them preach day in and day out. Every Sunday. What have you done with the word that you have heard? What have you done with the prayers that you have prayed? And if you would just do do that, your life will be so blessed. So, so blessed. I'm a living example of how poor, how bad I was and how through obedience God had transformed and blessed me. Amen. It works, but you have to put it to work. Planning averts wastage of time and resources. Planning relieves us from tension and anxiety. The fear of the unknown. Planning protects us from confusion and gives us clarity and direction. Let me ask you a simple question. How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. How do you live your life? One hour at a time. Amen. Planning is seeing my values, ordering my priorities, setting a step by-step approach to the accomplishment of goals and visions. I have learned that if I don't plan to achieve something, I achieve nothing. Well, I thought God does not want us to plan. Well, if God himself plans, why do you think he doesn't want you to plan? The key is that we plan with God. We don't plan with the world. We don't plan with our own priorities. Amen. Planning does not mean that you lose your prompting, your unction, and the flow of the Holy Spirit. I must plan with the Holy Ghost. He is the counselor. He is the strategic commander. Amen. Amen. Let me finish with this. Go to 1 Chronicles chapter 28, verse 12. How did, why was David so successful? He's a man after God's own heart. I want you to read those few words. The plans of all that the Spirit had put in his mind. Come on, lift up your hands and receive the plan of God for your life. Lift up your hand and receive God's plan for your daily living, for your business, for your study, for your work. Amen. For your family life. Amen. Receive God's plan. Listen to him. Amen. And work out the how to. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. Let's look at Psalm 33, verse 11. Psalm 33, verse 11. But the plans of the Lord stand firm forever. That's how I know that I've heard from God, is I don't change. If I change, I haven't heard from him. 
If I don't change, even though I may fail in the beginning, but I don't change, it will eventually succeed. Amen. The plans of the Lord stand firm forever. The purposes of his heart through all generations. It takes resilience to see the plan of God come to pass. It takes resilience. Amen. Having done all else, stand and stand therefore. So when I say, God, I give you my life, I'm saying, God, I'm giving you my time. I'm giving you my time. Amen. Well, you say, but I have already retired. I don't need to plan. I don't need to make money or do a business. Really? Really? Your heart is exposed. You work so hard when you work for the world. You hardly do anything when you're working for God. You plan so hard when you are working for the world. And now you say that you've retired, you don't need to plan. The heart matters. Are you only serving money? Are you only serving the needs of your family? And God doesn't matter to you? Conviction brings repentance to transformation. We must not just work for money, for a career, or even for feeding our family. Let me ask you a very simple question. Whom do we live unto? Our children? Our sons and daughters? Our grandkids? Our husband or wife? Our jobs? Our business? Our career? Our interests? Whom do we live unto? Come on, answer me, church. Who gave you life to begin with? Who gave you time to begin living? What's the scripture? Seek you first. Seek you first. Seek you first. The kingdom of God. His way of being and his way of doing things. And all these things that you are dying to get in the Amplified Bible, in the message, shall be added unto you. Priority matters. Structure matters. It's the kingdom structure. You lay the foundation. Study the structure in Genesis chapter 1. Prioritize our lives. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I have prepared for you so that you can plan yourself. So I have prepared this piece of paper, Guidelines for Time Planning. There are altogether eight areas in our lives that you can put onto paper and plan. Number one, knowing God, the pursuit of his knowledge. Number two, develop your spirituality. Number three, serving God in church. Number four, serving God in your family. That includes all your housework, things that you need to do in the house. Number five, serving God with your finances. That includes your work, your investments, your self-development, etc. Number six, serving God with your family members. That's your relationships, your social time. Number seven, enjoy the blessings of God. That includes your rest, your holidays, your shopping, everything. And number eight, take care of yourself. Love your neighbors as you love yourself, your physical and your character 
development. Well, you can, like, um, I've given you an example. So let's say uh, we go to bed at 10 p.m. So we have, we go to bed uh, at 10 p.m. and we wake up in the morning at 7 a.m., an example. So you have slept for eight hours and you have 15 hours to use. That's your waking hours, 15. So you can spend an hour knowing God, uh, an hour listening to sermon. Uh, You can spend one hour serving God in church, like practicing whatever you need to do in church. You can spend three hours in church serving, helping. You can spend eight hours, I'm talking about daily, working. And uh, you can spend an hour developing your relationships, your social time, and you can spend one hour developing yourself physically. So you have a lot of time. We have a lot of time. It's just a matter of managing our time. It's just a matter of managing our time with duration and with frequency. And when we do that, we develop a balanced, a balanced perspective. So if I see myself spending eight hours with my grandson, then I know that I'm not balanced. (laughs) So if I see myself like spending eight hours shopping, then I'm not being balanced. So you can see it. Because you can't change something that you cannot see. So when you can see it, then you can change it. And you can prioritize. You can set a time season. Set aside seasons like God does, right? He gives us seasons, chunk of time. Seasons. He gives us decades, chunks of time. So we can start to use our time profitably. Can we say amen? So I have this piece of paper over there for you on the welcoming table, and uh, you are most welcome to take one, and it's written in English and also in Chinese. Okay, so can I ask you to uh, stand with me? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.